0: chapter twenty of miss pym's camouflage this LibriVox recording is in the public domain miss pym's camouflage by lady dorothy stanley chapter twenty it was imprudent to sit at the window of a lighted room miss pym realized this when she smelt a cigar and heard the crunch of gravel in the little garden below the window she drew the curtains and feeling wakeful doubtless owing to the strong green tea she determined to try the effect of a game of patience it always soothed her at froghurst and prepared the way for sleep suddenly she heard a sound of scrambling and a heavy fall behind her she turned in terror the curtains parted in a short toad-like german waddled into the room bowing at every step miss pym felt cornered she was convinced that invisibility would not save her She pictured herself dodging round the room, this repulsive little monster groping about for her. Ach, this is an unpleasant way of entering, wheezed the stout little German, in English. But there was no help for it. You have led me a dance, Miss Pym. Miss Pym sat transfixed, still holding the knave of hearts. Now that you have seen me, and I have seen you, have you any objection to my extinguishing this electric light he said again bowing it was most imprudent of you to sit at that lighted window still i mustn't complain as my visiting this evening is due to that imprudence miss pym i have been expecting you and i watched that station all day how you escaped my lynx eyes is wonderful indeed as he spoke he extinguished the lights and miss pym's terror became really paralyzing when she heard him scuffle back to the table now miss pym let us understand each other being both in the secret service of england yes he repeated hearing miss pym make an exclamation both in the secret service of england but you are a german nothing you can say will convince me to the contrary said miss pym finding her voice of course i am a german but please talk lower women are always more audible than men i am of the german nobility a baron i am moreover in the german admiralty and i may add a very highly placed official and you sell your country said miss pym unable to conceal her contempt that is my personal affair and in no way concerns you replied the baron dryly i have been ordered to look out for you at potsdam at about this date in order to give you advice and instructions you seek a private unannounced interview with the kaiser and i hear he is in the east said miss pym he is not in the east he is here at the noyes Palast." miss pym started joyfully are you sure i saw him there to-day i have not been told what you seek to gain by such an interview but i may tell you that it is quite useless to attempt it by no trick or subterfuge will you gain access to his majesty it is not even known at potsdam that he is here he has one of his morbid hysterical fits on his own attendants hardly dare approach him how then do you intend to proceed miss pym was silent and of what use would it be to interview the kaiser what do you hope from such an interview miss pym remained silent Oh, I am not trying to learn secrets, continued the German. I allow you must be clever to have got this far, but you have a very much harder nut to crack when you attempt to interview the Kaiser, and the Kaiser in one of his ferocious moods. It might make good copy for a journalist, but I gather you are here to obtain information likely to be of use to the commander-in-chief and to your government. From the Kaiser you will obtain nothing, He is a vain mountebank, maddened by failure. If you succeeded in reaching his presence you would never escape. You would be shot dead on the spot. This attempt is really suicidal. Miss Pym did not know how to answer this strange German without giving herself away. So she maintained an obstinate silence, which evidently angered the consequential little spy. Madam, your discretion passes the bounds and becomes incivility i do not mean to be uncivil she replied but i am much startled by your visit and you have not so far told me anything which i did not know excepting of course the fact that the kaiser is at potsdam for that piece of information i am grateful but sir you appear anxious to question me and frankly i refuse to be cross-examined miss pym heard in the dark that mirthless laugh so characteristic of prussians well i oughtn't to blame you for being cautious he said but it is difficult to help or to advise you seeing that you do not trust me miss pym thought this over you are very kind baron but i really do not see how you can possibly help me still your advice may be valuable on one point ho ho we are coming round let me hear this one point chaffed the fat little baron if i fail to see the kaiser is there anything else i could do in that palace to get information i repeat you will get no information as you call it from the kaiser or anyone else pray be assured of that but in some room there occupied by the all-highest there is a very compromising correspondence of the kaiser's with von bettmann hollweg also copies of letters he wrote to his bosom friend the late general von holsen who died at the end of nineteen thirteen the kaiser so i understand wrote quite openly to von holsen about the war and between them they decided it should be after the harvest of nineteen fourteen these letters are known to exist they certainly would be worth having invaluable indeed when the true history of this war comes to be written but whether they are here or in berlin who shall say one thing i do know the kaiser carries a small gold key folded back inside the big seal ring he wears on the third finger of his right hand. This I imagine is the master key which opens private drawers or bureaus of the All-Highest. The only chance of getting these letters is to obtain the key, and I can safely defy you to accomplish such a feat. Well I dare not stay here any longer. Would you like to send a letter to England? I am sending papers by a neutral. Miss Pym shook her head, then suddenly she decided to send a few lines to Leslie. May I have the light? I think I should like to write to my niece. She drew a hotel blotter towards her, with sheets of hotel paper, cutting off the address and the picture of the hotel giving a view of the river hovel. She wrote, My dear Leslie, i am in perfect health and very busy do not be anxious about me please tell bessie to put naphthalene balls to my furs after shaking them well in the sun it is also advisable to pass a house flannel steeped in turpentine on the carpets under the beds to keep away moths i quite forgot to beg you most earnestly to see that the oats given to bobby are bruised as his teeth are so old he cannot get proper nourishment of course james knows this but being old himself he may think it too much trouble ever your loving Auntie Purr. she addressed an envelope and then passed the letter across to the baron whose keen eyes were reading her face with such acuity she felt as though they were two insects walking over her features i do not ask to read your secrets madam protested the baron but i beg you to read my letter miss pym smiled since you so kindly make yourself my courier it is necessary you should see what i write so you write in code said the baron after attentively perusing the note indeed i have done no such thing i do not know any code and certainly my niece would not be able to decode anything i might write but then what is the meaning of this just what i say does it surprise you very much if you were not english i should say it is incredible but you english are such an amazing people so idiotically cool and unimaginative here you are going to certain death and you write about preventives against moths well if daring could help you you would succeed but daring will avail you nothing when do you propose making the attempt to-morrow evening now do not forget the royal apartments are on the left side of the mighty building as it faces you looking out on the wild park you may easily lose your way there are three hundred rooms you surprise me exclaimed miss pym i understood that the palace was not a palace at all but rather a fine country house of an english timbered style of architecture standing in an english-looking park you must be thinking of the babblesburg palace on the other side of the hovel the kaiser is not there it now belongs to the crown prince oh the kaiser used to live there but not for some years he now occupies the Neues palace in the sans souci quite a good walk from here but you must not dress so so showily i caught sight of you at the gerhardt Cafe to-day that hat is what the french would call voyant decidedly so miss pym blushed I got those frightful things hoping to look more German. I got them yesterday in Berlin. Well there is German and German. I should advise your getting hold of the complete costume of deep mourning. In such a dress you are likely to pass unobserved, for today it is the universal garb throughout Germany. But unless you positively steal the things, I do not see how you will get so much as a pocket handkerchief. You are not permitted to buy any clothing unless you can produce the clothes you wore in rags i will do my best said miss pym but shall i see you after after on no account said the baron growing pale at the thought you must never approach me nor write to me nor even recognize me it would mean my ruin probably my death i will take care then to avoid you said miss pym and if chance ever brings me face to face with you i promise not to recognize you but i should like to convey to you the fact that i escaped with my life so if i do i will stick an envelope in this window and if i succeed in interviewing the kaiser i will put two envelopes against the pane and if i get those incriminating papers why then see i will put an envelope in the other window the fat little german tried to look sentimental but he only succeeded in looking very comic as he stood up and took miss pym's hand farewell may you succeed charming mysterious lady i can understand the accepted methods of the secret service but your methods i confess are quite beyond me how you manage to travel without a passport to eat without food tickets to enter a hotel without a police permit it is quite miraculous you move about with apparent freedom and complete self-confidence if you knew my people as i know them why you would die of fright and save them the trouble of killing you i undertook a certain task baron and i am anxious to carry it through i hope i shall succeed there are moments when i feel nervous but they pass well good night and good-bye as i am staying at this hotel said the baron i would prefer going out of this room by the door if you will allow me i will again extinguish the light and cautiously look out miss pym heard nothing after the room was darkened she waited then creeping to the door found it partly open and she knew the german had made good his escape locking up her possessions she descended invisible to the dining-room where she saw the baron very intent on the menu she fetched her supper and ate it in a remote corner she was sickened by the food in germany of course under the circumstances she was not limited to quantity but the quality was so bad miss pym feared she would become seriously ill if she lingered very much longer in germany everybody and everything were depressed and depressing everyone seemed to know that nemesis was about to demand payment the german people who had exalted over the fall of belgium the expected enslavement of france and the coming subjugation of england now saw not only their own bitter defeat but also the annihilation of all hope of a future successful war there was something awful in this new strange tameness of the baffled brute miss pym could almost hear the snarling sob of the beast of prey and yet she knew that the deliverance of humanity could only come when the yelps and snarls turned into the howl of utter defeat she watched the officers the few german women the cynical traitorous baron and she felt in their company something that amounted to physical shrinking and loathing it was a long while before she slept the sweet night air cooled by the river hovel played with the curtains and puffed gently at miss pym saying you can't be german germans never admit me i always beat in vain against their closed windows at last the tender breeze brought sleep and miss pym dreamt she was gathering roses great bunches of roses at froghurst manor end of chapter twenty